Oh yeah, that's some good stuff right there. Do you recognize what that is? <laughs> well, hello there. This is Chris Latore, and you're listening to the Sunspots Comics Podcast, issue number 47, where I cover New Comic Book Day, March 23rd. And of course, please, if you don't already do, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and tell a friend to join us in the fun. And if you also want a chance to win our first ever Sunspots Comics comic book mystery box, all you have to do to enter in for your chance to win this box, which is going to be worth 75 to 100 bucks, just follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Sunspots Comics, and go to iTunes, give us a five-star review, and with a little positive blurb. That's all you got to do. And you're entered in to be the winner of the box, which I'll announce on May the 4th. So may the 4th be with you, and good luck. And I'm quickly going to jump right into a one-hour interview with me, my son, his two friends, Moises and Joey. So hello to you guys. Thanks for, for being there for the recording. I just stuck my phone in their faces, so this is unedited. It's natural. It's us just on a high of the movie. We really loved it, which is very much against every single critic on Earth. And it's one of the first times for me, anyway, that I just pretty much completely disagree with almost every critic. I really enjoyed the movie. So basically I'll jump right into it and let you hear it. It's uncut, unedited, just raw footage of us seeing it in IMAX 3D. And we just sat around and talked about it. So here's the four of us, me, Justin, Moises, and Joey. Hope you enjoy. A lot of laughs, good times. Oh, and spoiler alert, it's, we spoil the heck out of it, folks. So be warned, this is your warning. If you haven't seen the movie, spoiler alert. So here you go. Enjoy. Batman versus Superman. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, overall, I was impressed with like the dramatic feeling of it. You know, I mean, I know, hey, Marvel does the fun, right? But DC right here did the serious. What'd you think? Oh, overwhelmingly awesome. <laughs> Comic book. Orgasm, sorry. <laughs> Moises? Wow. I have to see it at least three more times because I'm still like processing right now. We literally just stepped out. Joey? Dude. That was that was brutal. Brutal? <laughs> yeah, it was like a brutal. I, I told you. Uh, that sums it up. Brutal, right? I, I told you right when I came out, I was like, I think I hyperventilated through the whole movie. <laughs> I, 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 I was in shock. I'm trying to think of something, but, like, I'm just thinking of everything from the beginning of the movie. Right, still processing yeah, it. Right? I can't even pull out a specific part right now. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah, that was just a lot, right? Yeah, definitely. You can see it at least two or three more times. Two or three more times, and I think I'll be... Like, satisfied. Yeah. I think an initial thought, like, with it being two and a half hours, I didn't feel like it was two and a half hours. <laughs> I wanted so much more. Yeah, I was like, oh, that was two and a half hours? Like, that's it? That's two and a half hours? Like, oh my gosh. It, like, imagine, because I know the rated R version, right? So, 30 minutes Three on top hours. of that? 30 minutes on top of, of that? Oh right. my gosh. Yeah, I was really surprised at so much, like... From Ben Affleck and Batman actually killing people. I mean, you know, yeah, it did happen. Blatantly... Like full on, just destroyed lives in this movie, like 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 fully destroyed lives, like a lot. And you know, my honestly, my expectations were higher with Superman, right? Yeah. Like I wanted to feel that heroism, that that I wanted to feel that he's a he he will sacrifice himself. 
And he did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I told you. He delivered. I, I told you as the credits were going, as Batman and Superman were fighting, I said, wouldn't it be amazing if Superman actually died? Like, wouldn't that be freaking amazing? And then, you know, Dude, death of Superman. Those trailers, they got, they got my blood, like, flowing, dude. But Suicide Squad? Oh, my God. Yeah, that was by far the best trailer. We had Ghostbusters. We had that oil drilling movie with with, <laughs> with Mark Wahlberg. Right. We had, what else was there? Was there another one, or was that I think, it? I think, I think oh, and the Warcraft. Yeah, Warcraft. I say Warcraft and Suicide Squad are the two uh, trailers. Suicide Squad got the, got, you know, the flow. It just like... The music, yeah. it just had that, that climax, and the, just in the yeah. freaking trailer itself, it had a climax because of the breakdown of the song. It was just like, yeah. yeah. Bohemian Rhapsody, like Queen, couldn't have been placed better. I mean, even from the dropping of the bullet casings, how it went with the song. Because the song was so random. And the trailer was just even more random. Just you know, every time the song changed tempo, the it would cut to another scene, and it would show Joker doing something. It would show, yeah, it was just yeah, it was well done. And, and enough of a teaser too. It didn't seem like it was really giving away plot lines or anything, which I like. But it just, it just entices you to watch it. That's it. Absolutely, which it should, right? I've seen that trailer like at least two or three times, and like. Like, it, it's a total different feeling seeing it in theaters, like, surround sound, and, like, seeing it actually with other people, you know what I mean? I think, uh, I think, like, it, it definitely amplified the excitement for me, at least, to see that movie. But, I mean, the movie itself that we just watched was, yeah, like, it, it just killed everything. I think three things that stood out for me was the, the tone of the orchestration. Right? It had it, it very much was Man of Steel, because I just yeah, watched they, it. They, they so it was definitely Hans Zimmer... And that Junkie XL that, that came together for a real, like, heroic tone. I'd say they stepped up the Man of, of Steel feeling in it, orchestration-wise. And then visually, it was stunning. I mean... Interstellar, you know how they had the, the soundtrack, just like, you felt it yeah. through the breath of the, through the organ? Yeah. It's like the same thing for this film. Just the music. There was a lot of... The music makes you feel through, like, every scene. Definitely. It was like all the percussion in it was just... And the, and the simple piano... That Hans Zimmer orchestration. And graphically, I thought it looked amazing. Like, there wasn't any time where I was like, oh, you can tell that's a lot of CG, like, that's a lot of computer. I, I didn't feel that. I'm, I'm thinking about the very first scene, too, when they're all undercover in Lex Luthor's place, and we all know it, but, oh, it's just... <laughs> You know the you know the scene that I really wanted to be real was was Batman in the desert and those locust creatures that came down. Parademons. They're totally parademons. You got a good look at it. It's parademons. They have to be parademons. So my question. Not really sure. I mean, it was a dream or it was a, a flash forward from Flash. What was it? My question to you though is, what do you think's next for Justice League? Is it Dark Side or Brainiac? Which one? Parademons belong to Dark Side. So I, I don't know. Maybe it's a tease. Because something's coming, right? Batman... Right? Hard to say. I mean, maybe it's the Legion of Doom. Maybe it's just a plethora of bad guys versus a plethora of good guys. Cameos. Cam the cameos, too, were perfectly done. Perfectly. Like, I, I mean, you can't, like, put it in any, any different, like, you know, I guess, words. Because they were, what, like, two or three seconds each for the three characters that we're going to see in Justice League? And, like, you just, you knew, like, right away, like, okay... Like, I mean, maybe me as a comic book nerd being extremely nerdy just knew right away as I saw the, the letters, but it was just you knew right away, like, oh my gosh, it's a joke. Yeah, that was a big, oh, like, moment, like, oh, the symbols. Lex made the symbols. 
But I really wanted that desert scene to be real. Like, I wanted that scene to, to have continuity and not be a dream. The whole time I was like, please don't let that be a dream. Like, I let us be introduced to these creatures. And it was a dream. Like, yeah, I was, yeah. But, but right all the Superman, like, security guys with the Superman patches on their arms. Like, they're all like. That's when you see Batman at the most raw. Like, he's just, you know, pissed and he's just kicking so much butt. And like, oh my God. And surprisingly, like, Batman had a lot of dreams in this, right? Yeah. Like, you never had a Superman dream where you woke up in the bed, it was like, like, Bruce had four dreams, I think, right? And then maybe one was the Flash yeah, actually yeah. talking to him, Slash dream. Was that, yeah, was that in continuity to the real world? Like, because he woke up again, you know what I mean? Was no, I think they were all dreams except for the Flash telling him that little, yes, you're right! He had an inception moment, he yeah. just like, well, he had a double, yeah. what, what, what do they call it? Dream and a dream. Yeah, dream and a dream. What the freaking, yeah. When the plane boosts, he's like, there seems to be hostiles on the third floor. I'll drop you off in a second. Yeah, no, Boom. And then he like throws, what is that that he throws on their guns? Just, just like a oh, mini explosive. Oh my god. That was pretty awesome. Freaking, I was freaking, I was like. <laughs> you get a lot more uh, like brutalities. Yeah, like in well, the, yes. They're, they're, the, the fight scene seemed intimate and raw and, and lit. Right? You can see it. <laughs> you know what I mean? It wasn't like, oh, is that his arm? Is that a wing? Is that a leg? What is that? Like, no, you could see everything. I could definitely, definitely say that Batman was the highlight of the movie because they just did Batman so perfectly to the point where, like, you know, in the comic, you know, Batman is this mysterious, you don't know what, if he has superpowers, if he's you know, uh, an alien, a monster or something, and he, they do it so right, they hit that beat where you're, he's so mysterious, but you know, we know as fans, so it was just, it was just perfect. The whole bombing when they're, when he actually shows up and then just, I, I was, oh, that, that was the, the biggest jaw-dropping dropping moment was in the, in the White House. You is like, uh, I don't really follow the, the comic series, but. Uh, Lex Luthor's character goes, how did Jesse Eisenberg do for it? He put his own unique stamp on it, yeah, definitely. Uh, because Lex is typically portrayed in an older guy kind of way, and, and, and much, yeah, not as like schizophrenic as he was. He had little nervous tics, and he was like, hmm, and, and like, he definitely put his own little unique, which was great, because I think his talking style is very quirky and very fast and very nervous. Like, I think it was very natural for him. He has like a baby, he has like a baby face, baby tone, yeah. but. He's got to find a way to like make his character unique, yeah. right? I think, he, I think he did that. Yeah, you know, Lex Luthor's this businessman. He's supposed to be a businessman, but like you know, you portray businessmen today. You know, Mark Zuckerberg. You got you know, they're different kinds of businessmen. So you know, you're taking that that sort of straight laced businessman and turning it onto our era of businessmen. You know, like you know, corporation owners, Facebook, and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, he played Mark Zuckerberg. So this is Mark Zuckerberg as Lex Luthor. Well, I, I definitely feel like it was a lot of his personality. I think he's kind of quirky and, and a little bit, like, you know, like, mantric like that and a little bit schizo. Yeah. I, I, I think it's, like, a natural portrayal of him. They kind of, like, let him loose. Like, hey, just, Jesse, do your thing. Yeah. I love how the trailer showed something completely different from what we saw. Yes. Like, when you see the laser, shoot. And then in the trailer, it makes you think Wonder Woman's blocking it with a shield. She's like, it was, it was a whole other scene. You think Superman shooting at Batman, but it's the it's Doomsday. Doomsday shooting at yeah, the trailers did. Just trying to get out of there. It was. I was like misdirection because yeah. you thought like you know they wanted to change the the tone of the scene like from what you're seeing in trailers. So yeah, they mixed it. I thought that was good. I thought you know, 
watching the trailers, and you know, you're so against trailers, but I, I oh god, I, trailers. I fully embrace trailers. You know, I'm I'm a trailer nut. Trailers. So it, it it was I get I give it really good like you know credit to to the people that make the trailers because you know they they didn't want to spoil stuff and they 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 spoiled the right stuff to the point where it made us think and you know so when we did go into the movie and see what actually happens you know we just totally discredit the trailers and be like okay like this is what really is happening so I, but can you imagine if we didn't know doomsday was coming yeah. like if we just thought there was the fight right and then all of a sudden he boom he brings out doomsday like that surprise would have been a big deal i think yeah. For me, that would have yeah. been awesome. And you two guys, oh my god, you two guys sighing in my ears every time, every time Gail Gaddett was on the screen. This is an exact impression. She'd walk onto the onto the, onto the scene, and it was, oh, oh, oh. And it was in stereo. It was in, it was like. Because I was doing it too. Both of us go, oh. Yeah, it was like stereo in my ear. You guys were both in one side. Like, ah, oh, ah. She's beautiful, man. She's okay. I don't know. I just, I, she looks kind of managed to me. She's like a little, I don't know, too. Did you? Oh, man. I, I, she, did, she did really good. I, I, I thought, you know, her portraying Wonder Woman, they take away her accent. She tried to, you know, get, you know, voice coach. Apparently not. No, she's supposed to be, from what I read, it's a Roman. Of yeah. like, yeah, she, of well, it being Sparta yeah, and Gal, and Rome. Yeah, Gal Gadot, she's she's Israeli. Gal Gadot. Yeah, Gal Gadot. <laughs> yeah, so she's Israeli. Or, or as these two guys call her. Ah, 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 so dreamy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then there was a girl in front of me that whenever Superman was on the screen, I heard the same thing in front of me. So, uh, and then you two going. Ah. I was like. She she definitely portrayed Wonder Woman in a really good way. Like it's not it's not you know normal Wonder Woman I think anymore. It's 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 that kind of I guess that new sort of era of Wonder Woman now. You know like like in the comic books now you know how she, she's a female strong character and they totally portrayed her as that. You know? I still thought uh, for me when I heard of the casting I I, I ex my Wonder Woman is still more Amazonian and yeah. large and tall and and really kind of yeah just stands out in the crowd because she's like over six feet tall and really manly muscular. She was she was pretty ripped. I mean, at least she was. You look at her back. She's 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 pretty ripped. I got the I got that there was no body fat on her, so that the muscles just come out. <laughs> in real life, she's she's pretty tall. So I mean, I I pictured her, you know, as as you know, as a tall, pretty muscular woman. Like I, I to me. And she's like grinning as she's standing back up. I was like, what a freaking badass. That was good. She was like, like, oh yes, a battle. Something that finally someone that'll battle me. What about what about what about Steve Trevor? And the there he was. Steve Trevor. Captain yeah. Kirk. He was right there. <laughs> what's it, Chris what is what is Chris Pine? What is Star Trek guy doing in What is what is Captain Kirk doing in Wonder Woman? But yeah. That, that, oh. So, spoiler, I mean, he's obviously alive now, so traveling with her, he doesn't age, or he would be... No, I think he's... He would be a hundred... Or is this going to... Is Wonder Woman movie going to be a flashback into that time? Yeah, I think he's... I, think right. he's I don't know. Spoilering, who knows? I don't know who Steve Trevor is, but, but it's Chris Pine plays Steve Trevor, which is, you know, Wonder Woman's... In that picture, the guy who wrote... Oh. Uh, right. Yeah. Yeah, so... so and that's the next movie, technically. Yeah, when is that coming? In the chain. I, I, I think year. that's May of next year, okay. if I remember correctly. That's definitely going to be something. That's definitely going to be something to, 
to follow this up, you gotta do something pretty big, you know what I mean? So talk about the other the other superheroes we already did. Pretty much. A little bit, a little bit. I, I still I, wanted to see more of Batman. The death I because we don't want to spoil it, but we're spoiling it. No, I, I'll put I'll put full on. Yeah, we already. How did you feel about the cameos of those other? Oh, <laughs> I thought the Flash's cameo at first in that in that little flashback was was weird. Those four pictures, each representing Aquaman. Justin was like, oh, another Gale moment. Oh. I think you know it's funny. Austin, bro. It's funny because you mentioned that they're like freaking out over Gal Gadot. I think uh, I was I was freaking out more over comic book nerdy stuff. Yeah, I peed my pants a little bit right there too. I did. <laughs> no, they didn't. Oh no. Oh my gosh. No, but when, when that <laughs> I was hoping Green Lantern. I was hoping the Green Lantern symbol over there. And I was like, oh, I would have passed out. I'd, I'd see Ryan Reynolds in, in you know in the Green Lantern suit and that'd be freaking epic. But uh, Deadpool too. And, yeah. <laughs> but uh, when the when the files opened up and you see you know from left to right you got Wonder Woman, Cyborg. Flash and Aquaman, and I just knew right away. I was like, no! And I think he heard me because he looked right at me, and he was like, what? And then I showed it the second time, and he went, oh! Nerdgasms <laughs> happening left and right. As she clicked on the Flash, or who, who clicked it first, Batman? She clicked Flash first. No, she... Yeah, one woman clicked Flash first. Oh, man. Yeah. I, was, I swear to gosh, I, I, I hyperventilated for a little bit when they clicked on the flash. Yeah, I just peed a little. But what do you like? What do you think of Aquaman? He looked really. Yeah, I love that they had him underwater, practical effect, yeah. and he had the trident in his hand, and his eyes were glowing underwater inside that ship. Oh, totally right. Yeah, yeah where, where was the Kalichi? I was expecting the Kalichi to come out, and then some dragons to fly out behind him. No, but but uh, but he, Jason Momoa, man, oh, luscious. I can't wait to see him. Luscious, luscious hair. Ah, I can't uh, wait. Uh, it was like a Garnier Fructis commercial when he when he came forward and the Garnier, Fruit, the hair was flowing in the water. Well, what I what I I think what I'm mostly excited about is the Flash, because I mean. You got the Flash TV show. There's a lot of hype around the Flash right now. You know what I mean? Like the CW is is obviously doing pretty good with the Flash, and so to come in with a new actor and I love Ezra Miller. Ezra Miller, I, I love the perks of being a wallflower. So he's he's a really good actor to me. To see him as the Flash was was it was definitely like it was kind of shocking to me because I'm so used to to you know the the, the TV Flash. So when I saw him, like okay. Like what's going on, and and finally, like they showed him use his powers, and I was just hooked. I I, I, I think that like visually, it was smart in that that moment he was like reach going into you know a convenience store and like getting a, a beer or something, yeah. and he was like a little shabby and a little yeah. hair, like you know, like he had a at a bender, yeah, like hipster flash. Like why are they showing this guy? Where's the flash? But he is the flash. It made it, it made it more of a surprise, I think, because if we saw a clean cut, chiseled sort of guy that looks just like the TV show Flash. We all would have went, ah, there's the Flash. Yeah, if we would have saw Grant Gustin, I think everyone would have been like, oh, it's the Flash. But I think, you know, having that little that little time jump that he did, I knew right away it was Ezra Miller. I mean, because I, I well, one friend, Trailers. Yeah, well, no, no, it wasn't the trailer. I mean, for me, for one, because, because I know... I, I, Internet. I, I'm an IMDB junkie, so I... IMDB. Oh, oh man. So, I knew, I knew right away, but... You know, it, it was it was a portrayal of the Flash that I didn't expect, and so I was really happy to see it. You know, because you know you, you got you got two universes now. You know, you got TV Flash, you got movie Flash, and I'm I'm happy to see that they're kind of diverting from that. Yeah, I mean they have to differentiate, honestly. And and having the uh, Midnight Dominoes run Flash, 
you know, <laughs> like you know, beer run flash. I thought because I think it was surprised the entire crowd. I heard like at that moment, people were like, "Oh, that's the Flash." Yeah. Like even you, you were like, "Who's that? Who's this guy on the beer run?" <laughs> I thought like some. I thought someone was just gonna go in there and beat up the robber. It had nothing to do with this guy getting milk and boom. Yeah, I mean they didn't. They didn't do like some of the like very like expected clicks to where say they had him in a in a very dark red you know hoodie just like the color tone it was just this dude yeah this casual dude i'm you know i, I need some milk yeah i gotta get some i'm i'm, I'm getting some two percent right now i need to grab where's the suit did you see suit in the flashback though or in the, the time jump yeah it was like falling apart too and it was it was the helmet came down the helmet came down over his his red suit and it was it was that, that was the key lois is the key so I'm not 100% upset that that that's the Flash. That's the Flash. I'm not 100%. I don't know. I mean, maybe. It has to be. Who else would it be? Uh, I can think of a few others. Yeah, it was was totally it. The lightning, the hell. I might have been slightly passing out at that moment, too, because it was just too much. (laughs) From sheer excitement, I think, yeah. Or at the desert scene. Like, please let that be real. Crazy about, but it was just like a lot, and I'm. Well, I, I think that uh, I was most concerned and hopeful for, like I said, for the, for Superman to have that heroic feel, for him to be like something he's going to sacrifice, for him to like go into saving people from buildings, like although they 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 made it the tone of it made it feel like you know Superman they're they're trying to frame him, Lex is trying to frame him the whole time, but it, but yet. You still felt that hope, and you still felt that he's trying to be that better man and sacrifice himself. Like I said, I told you right after the credits started rolling, I said, you know, wouldn't it be amazing, I was thinking the whole time, wouldn't it be amazing that if Superman actually died, no superhero movie does this. And so when it happened, I was actually, you know, I don't want to say satisfied because superhero died, I love Superman, but it was, it was... It was that nerd in me that was just like, okay, like find, like finally something actually, comic book, you know, you know, accurate happens in a movie that I think you know really needed. That shows he's he's coming back, right? Yeah, that was very that was very comic. I mean, transparent. It was like very panel for panel the death of Superman comic book series from the chrome S on his casket. That was all very. Super, death of Superman, but, 1994. It was all right there. What I thought was crazy is it's it's Death of Superman mixed with ba- the Dark Knight Returns because you know at the end of the Dark Knight Returns, uh, Clark hears Clark hears the heartbeat of supposedly dead Bruce Wayne, but it's Clark in the coffin, and I don't think anybody else heard it, but we knew as as viewers that he was alive. I, yeah, that was well done as well. I'm definitely a panel for panel comparison could be made to that as well as well then. fight between Batman versus Superman the first time Batman gets a block off yeah. wow <laughs> it was that was a, that was a definite like excitement moment that was like face. Superman's face oh it was priceless he was oh, he was amazed that he blocked the punch it was crazy he got turned on a little bit he got turned on a little bit <laughs> Looking at that face. Ah. When he actually shoots him with the kryptonite the second time, and he's recuperating, and then you just see a man up again, and yeah. boom. Oh, and Batman, he kept punching him, and he was a little bit movement, a little bit movement, less, 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 and then it was like, then he looked at his hand. You hear the crack of the metal every time it was hitting. That was great, because you're like, oh snap. They delivered the intensity of that scene, like they. It was. 
it, it was realistic. Like, if he were to recuperate his powers yeah. as he was getting his ass beat. What I really yeah, totally re- is to see Superman actually throw Batman like he's nothing. And he did. And he did. And that's he did. what I really wanted to see. Just yeah. just so that so everyone can know, like that there first chest push, right? Yeah. It was that left hand where he was just like he didn't even make a big like reach yeah. up and leap to it. It was just like boom. You made a you made a joke. For like before, right before we went in, you're like, dude, I could just laser beam you from here. Just stay away. <laughs> I was just thinking about that the entire scene. I'm like, wow, you know what? He's, right. He even told him, he was like, bro, I could, <laughs> I could, I could just take you down. If I really wanted to, you'd already be dead. I told you guys, though, that, that Batman is smarter. He's smart, and so he... Well, this is also his introduction to Kryptonite, because he didn't know about it. But, you know, now, <laughs> you know, if he ever had to fight man, like Batman to the death, he would just do it from 200 yards away. And just, know, my, only, my only complaint to this movie was Amy Adams and how stupid she really is. I mean, well, you know, to, to, to us, to me, I, I mean, I, I'm not saying, like, the actress. The character just, like, made me angry, because I know what she's throwing away. It's, it's so valuable. You know what I mean? <laughs> she threw it in the water. Justin was like, what are you doing? Oh, no. It was, I heard the gasp in the crowd. I, I, I listened to the crowd at the moment, and everyone was all, uh, it was just that, that was a bad move. Like, uh, what, what, are you, what are you doing? You know what, I honestly thought of that moment, I honestly said, like, well, she's going back in that water later. <laughs> yeah, oh my god. Yeah. Well, she's going to get that dress or that outfit wet after all, because she's, when, uh, when, when you see that realization on her face, like, oh, dang it. <laughs> and, and I was like, yeah, go dive, like, go. You, you should be swimming by now. Like, get back in that water. Because, oh. <laughs> I knew, I mean, it was, I, you know what it was doing. I mean, honestly, it was creating more tension yeah. for that scene. Not making it so easy, like, I got the spear. You know. And it was like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know I got the spear. And then he grabs it, you know, and then it's like a four-second scene. They got to draw it out a little, make it a little more dramatic. And even her in underwater. All right, I felt a little tension there. Yeah. I was like, uh, you but you know what? That's a reference. Honestly, I felt... That scene in the 1977 Superman with Miss Tessmacher and the kryptonite around, you know, Christopher Reeve's neck in that pool. It was a direct reference, like, for me to that movie. And as my, my five-year-old kid inside of me went, oh, yeah, just like Christopher Reeve's Superman. It's about the chain around his neck. I, I did have a little young kid ner- nerdgasm inside. So, yeah. What about the, I guess you can, you can go panel to panel, too, from Death Superman when, she, when Lois is holding... Yes, Superman. I was waiting for that. Right? That was told from the comic. It was perfect. Oh, yeah. I think I nudged Moises, too. I was like, hey, that's right from the comic. Oh, and Perry White looking at the newspaper, that was death of Superman. Superman dies. I mean, I still have the Time Magazine and newspaper, actual newspaper clippings of it saying Superman dies. Like, I still have that. Yeah, yeah I know. It, it, it's just, it's, it was so, like I told you, it, it was so panel-to-panel perfect. And it's one of the only movies I know, superhero movies today, that's done something that accurate, at least you know, to you know, this universe. You know what I mean? I, I feel like it's so accurate to the comic books that it, it was just really impressive. And I give Zack Snyder mean props for keeping all this secret and trailers. It, it was so perfectly hidden to the point where you know I, I was just nerdgasming the whole time. It, it was awesome. I think. It, oh, I think that uh, I give props for a whole new Batman. Like that was just. A completely different take. Like, yeah. I, the whole time I was like, Christian Bale, Christian Bale. No, this is 
It's different. This is way different. It's a whole new Batman. Yeah, I mean, he's so much more muscular. I wanted to see more Batman. I was like, oh, you're gonna get, you're gonna get more. His workouts were like intense. Oh, I, I wanted to exercise at that moment. <laughs> That's like, I, I really did. Sign me up. Right. What gym is that? It's the gym of Bat. Is that CrossFit? I wanted to hit that tire with him. Dude. Yeah. No, you you felt that it's that Rocky moment, you know, that Rocky montage where you're like, man, I'm gonna go get. I'm gonna go get ripped after this. It was a great like workout montage moment, right? It was like the music was great. I thought it was perfect because he's doing all this. He gets in front of Superman, boom. Yeah, and then all that nothing, like tink with like one finger, and he flies like way across. It's just perfect. I'm okay with seeing. I know I want to see more Batman, but I was okay with what they showed. It was. Well, it's awesome. We don't have to wait that long to see Batman again. Suicide Squad. He's in Suicide Squad. So we'll see him like uh, whatever that is. When is it? Uh, August. August, yeah. So yeah, I mean we'll have to wait that long, and then and then Ben Affleck will get his own Batman movie from he's this. Gonna, I he gets his own. He, yeah, he gets like all credits probably. Produce, direct, star, everything. Wow. <laughs> Screenwrite. When is that supposed to come ben out? It's gonna probably be 2018. Ben Affleck is Batman now. He's he's uh, he's gonna own that role, man. Like for the. I don't know. Hold up, right? Hold up. <laughs> Every Batman has always delivered something new to the screen. I don't know. You know? I just feel like I feel like this is so. I guess uh, it's yeah. It's it's closest that I've seen to the the Batman I know from the comics. He was he was the Playboy. I think he nailed that more better than than, than Batman. I'll be honest. I was oh, I love the Christian Bale. The, you know that series. It was for me. It was. It, I wanted something a little more comic booky. I wanted something a little more gadgety, a little bit more fun, a little bit. And, and I got that. I mean, he wasn't like you know, brightly blue colored and lit. But but it was just more of that comic booky feel Batman that I wanted. Like, so I'm happy with that. He, they added that mystery, you know, and that's what Batman is all about. At least to to you know to the comic book readers, you know, in the city, Batman is this mysterious figure that nobody really knows anything about and you know they nailed it it, it was it was so comic book even comic. even alfred i like that there was no conflict there like it was just he's on board he's team batman you know what i mean he, he just needed to wear like a if, if alfred would have had like a team batman hat on that would have just been all right we know he's on board younger, younger alfred more agile you know he's more like on the go with Batman. Yeah. He's like, hey, bro, where do you need to go? I got you. Yeah. Michael, Michael and, that, and that whole dramatic scene with uh, that, where he goes, oh, by the way, I was just listening the whole time. And the Russian guy is over here. I've locked you in. Like that whole thing you had, it was just like peeking in. Like, it, oh, I'm sorry. That's me. Yeah, I'm just listening. Don't worry. Don't worry about it. I'm, I'm just sorry. I'm tuning in. But when uh, Clark Kent and Gal Gadot, Gal Gadot, Gal Gadot, they listen to everything that Alfred's saying. I was just like, oh. <gasps> Oh yeah, that scene. Did not expect that. Oh, yeah, like the jig was immediately up. He was like, "Okay, you're Batman." And then, and then Bruce had no clue. You, you totally see the, you totally see the difference from like superpowers to, to, to Batman. I thought that was well done, like a, a subtle little moment there where you're like, "Yeah, if Batman had an earpiece and Clark was in the room, duh, he would hear yeah. everything." That was the yeah, that It was so clear, I think, to to, you know, I. There was that Jimmy Kimmel, you know, like Jimmy Kimmel skit where you know, hey, you're you're Batman, like hey, you're Superman, like it's obvious, you know, and it was it was that to I guess to Clark. Superman, yeah, to Clark, it was it was like I know everything and everyone in this room. She has some crazy powers, maybe as a lasso and some 
bulletproof stuff. <laughs> I think now, though, people are going to understand more of why Superman, at least Man of Steel, was the way it was, you know? Because Absolutely. you see the naivety of, of, of Clark Kent, you see the naivety of, of Superman, because he's new to this. And you can tell that he's new to this. And so, you know, going back, I, I know Man of Steel has, like, some flack, you know, because, because of what happened and because he killed Zod and stuff like that. People, I think, now are going to understand a little bit more of why Superman is the way he is. So, so Man of Steel is like his landing on Earth. Exactly. And his first fight was with Zod, right? Exactly, yeah. And Batman's been kicking ass for how long? 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You guys got some experience on him. Can't blame him for being like a little weak, you know? Yeah. But, you know, yeah. And, and, and I think that was, that was what I think they nailed perfectly. And now people are going to know... Like, why, you know, Man of Steel? I, I love Man of Steel. Man of Steel was good. And I, I, well, I think it did a weird thing where that this movie makes Man of Steel a little better. Yes. Like it does, in a weird way. You know, at least, like, on the podcast and stuff I listen to, I want to hear people like, oh, like maybe Man of Steel was better than I thought. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, <laughs> so I'm, I'm excited to hear some stuff like that. You know, let's see. I've seen Man of Steel a good four times, and I loved it since the first time I saw it. Yeah, it was... It's 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 definitely it's subjective. I think you know like people who know Superman is this Boy Scout and doesn't kill people. And at the end, I think people knew like okay, that's not Superman. But it's it's not. You got to remember that this is different from the comic books, and they're changing everything. You know, but to to that you know being said, this whole movie was from the comic books. I feel it was so close to the comic. A lot of direct adaptation. One thing I really wanted to see was Superman in the light, and I wanted to see some blue in his outfit, and I got that as well. A lot of blue. Like, oh, Man of Steel was a little even darker, and, and not a lot of sun moments, etc. This seemed to shine the light on him when he was over the over the the White House, and that moment where he slowly came down, his, his outfit was blue, and it was just gleaming, and I was like, yes, he's in the sun, people can see him, and I was like, okay, he went there in good faith, right? He went there. Innocently, just going to again turn himself in like Man of Steel, just give himself. And and I think I give credit to uh, to Jesse Eisenberg a little bit more. Is is you know he he definitely pulled that uh that Lex Luthor kind of mentality, you know, where he wants to be in control, he wants to be the the center of attention, he wants to you know have all this power when he's he doesn't have any superpowers like Superman. So I think you know that kind of brought me down to his level. You know what I mean? And I understood him more because because of that kind of psychotic little break he has you know what I mean and you kind of know right away like okay like I understand why he's doing this and I think that made it a lot better to the villain side and, and you know you always say like what makes a good superhero movie is good villains and, and he was definitely a good villain I, I feel like he he he, he nailed it I, I mean it there's a little surprise that he played his hand so quickly because Lex is the kind of guy that like he wouldn't be in jail yeah. he would already play, you know that they played that I, I have a feeling Whatever next movie, there's going to be a court situation happen, and Lex will get out. Yeah, yeah they'll, they'll, they'll find a technicality, and his group of lawyers will get him out. Uh, Lex Luthor just, I was like, oh, oh wow. <laughs> and they're shaving his head, and he's cringing on the, oh, wow. I was, I was scared of him. Lex, <laughs> Lex had, like, a very clever, he was very clever in this movie, dude. Like, I just didn't expect that court, that court scene. I'm just like, wow. Yeah, well, that's, and they won't uh, be able to prove that, right? He's going to have his team of lawyers, right? they, they won't be able to prove that. He's getting out, though, because the, the, they can't prove that he did anything. I mean, besides him maybe being at the scene where Doomsday came from, that's the only thing maybe they can prove. So, like, he might get out scot-free without anything. Yeah. How, he, how uh, Lex just 
figured out that he was that that Superman was Clark Kent so easily. They didn't maybe go into that and how he discovered it. But he's a genius, you know. He's just he'll figure well, it out. I I nudged Moy. I, I told him I was like, hey man, like right when right when Martha Kent was in the back of the alley of the restaurant, I was like, Lex knows. Lex knows who he is. Like how? And and so I think that just adds more to the mystery of of that is Lex Luthor. You know what I mean? He's this this genius billionaire who has endless, you know, supply of resources and, and, you know, there's nothing that can really stop him because he's this... I mean, look at the information he had <laughs> on his computer already. You know, you know, I guess that's that's a given then that he knows Clark's identity because he had all there. It was definitely those Jolly Ranchers, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. That was so epic. <laughs> when he feeds the Jolly Rancher to him. What is, what is in those Jolly Ranchers? Like, a little bit of crack? Like, like he didn't seem like... Real crack, yeah, he's a... Maybe that's like, you know, when he gets him his fix, that's what makes him all jittery. I mean, you know? When he licks his fingers after putting it in the dude's mouth, Justin was like, oh, I heard Justin. Yeah. That's disgusting. Oh, actually, I heard one of you guys go, ah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it was that girl in front again. <laughs> Jolly Ranchers. Nice. Yeah, Great plot product placement. He was craving Jolly Ranchers at that moment. I think that it was Moises. He wanted uh, some nice. I gotta admit, in the beginning, I thought it was that Jeep commercial when Ben Affleck's <laughs> hauling ass in the Jeep. I was like, wow, that's, that's a good car. <laughs> I'm gonna go buy one. <laughs> yeah. I, want, I want to buy a Jeep. I want the cereal. I want Jolly Ranchers. Already... Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Completely different. Yes. 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 What did, uh, I want to know, because to me, like it felt like I've seen Ben Affleck as Batman for a long time. Like You, you quickly relate to him, you know what I mean? And it, it, I was a little, you know, I, I posted on the blog that I was worried that this is just going to be another origin. And, like, you know, I, I know the origin of Batman. Everyone knows the origin of Batman. And so, like, I, I was just thinking, you know, that it, if if, <laughs> if, uh, if they do another origin, it's just going to kill the movie. And so they they added that origin just to that opening credit scene. And then you, you see Bruce Wayne now, at least when, you know, was when Superman was fighting Zod, you, you kind of catch up. And then you quickly like, okay, you know what Batman's about, and it, it was. And it, it was another dream. It was a dream. Catwoman, didn't you? No. No. Yeah, well, sort of, sort of. I was just Lena being Kyle. Yeah, because he, because when when uh when you know Wonder Woman stole the the little hacking device, I know he goes, he goes, I I've ran into people like you, and I was like, yeah, he has Catwoman. <laughs> yeah. He was probably directly referencing that. Yeah. yeah it was Selena Kyle. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm wondering, I'm, I want to know if Steve Trevor's still alive. You know I mean? Because I, I, I could see, you know, maybe a little bat wonder romance, because, you know, I don't know. Or, uh, maybe that movie is just a flashback. I mean, they have, I really haven't read much on the Wonder Woman movie, but maybe it goes back in time. You know what was insane? You were talking about, like, how Superman doesn't kill? Yeah. What was insane to me was like how Superman blocked that freaking haymaker that Doomsday was about to deliver to Jesse Eisenberg. I was like, what the? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, he's about to, he's about to go to sleep right now, dude. This and I thought like, well, it's, I thought for a second, well, it's his it's his DNA. Is it says he knows like, you know, does he have some? No, <laughs> no. Superman had to block that haymaker. I was like, is Lex Luthor like? Is that his dog or nope? There comes the punch. She comes the straight. He's gonna be like, he's gonna be like, baby Doomsday, I'm your papa or something. I thought he was just gonna be like, okay, yeah, yeah, go kill him, you know? No, but I, to me, like, you know, Superman's not gonna let Lex die. But when he blocks that punch, I was like, what the hell? Like, why? 
Just no, it, it doesn't. Yeah. It, yeah, it was. He deserved it, right? But yeah. no, he's all about it's, preserving it's, life. Yeah, it's Superman. Superman. So I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. He felt like, more heroic to me than Man of Steel. Like I felt yeah. more like he was a hero and he's trying to do the right thing. And yeah. and man, Lois wasn't doing a very good job of like of of kind of being like. Uh, yeah, of kind of being the Adrian, uh, kind of being the Adrian to Rocky. She wasn't being that Adrian to Rocky. Yeah. She was a, got saved. Like I was just thinking every time, like. Wow, how far is she gonna have to walk back yeah. to wherever she goes? Because <laughs> hey, I love you. All right, thanks. And then would you put me twelve blocks away at least, and get me closer to the? Throw me, throw me to the Daily Planet at least. But <laughs> we build a giant net on top of the building. Just throw me to the Daily Planet. It, it all goes back to me for at least Lois is like you know. When when she fight when he finally gets a spear is in good shape that's why walks everywhere <laughs> walks so everywhere like forty five thousand steps on her on her Fitbit yeah oh my gosh so but what I thought was was the high point of I want that movie I'm sorry to jump in <laughs> of just where of just where Lois is walking everywhere like Lois is like ah oh, here I go back to the Daily Planet <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Where am I? Yeah. Do I make a left here? Shit, I'm on 12th and where am I? She's up an Uber driver. There you go. Lois Lane. But yeah, when she has like a like a direct like number to an Uber driver, she knows. Like again? Come on. Just here like this, like what? Again? I I literally have no cash. How do I get? What I was saying is, is you know the high point of annoying Lois at this mo in this movie was. When, when they finally get the spear back and she's kind of like resuscitating Clark back to, you know, power. And I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like okay, there's Doomsday over there kicking ass. Like, Wonder Woman's holding them off. Like, come on, let's go. So the whole, the whole time I was like, go home. Like, just, you're, you don't, you're not needed here. Like, go home. Don't touch it. Yeah, don't yeah, touch yeah. it. Don't throw it down another, like, dark, wet well. You know, like, <laughs> please. Go home. <laughs> and why couldn't, I mean, Batman was chilling. Why couldn't he go get the spear? Like... He was getting yeah, to that vantage point to shoot him with the, with the, the grenade. You can tell, like, yeah, yeah. when he dropped off, he's just like, oh, my God. All right, I got I to go to swim right now. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm going to try to hold this spear. It's going to probably kill me. Just don't do anything. Just stay here. I'm, I'm going to go get it. I wanted to see Batman remain in that other mask, the yeah, metal one. That was so hard. It was so cool. Yeah, yeah it was what awesome. happened to that suit? It just, all of a sudden, he was in the, the, the jet, and he, that thing's got an eject button, right? He just goes, and the suit just flies off like, yeah. like Tony Stark's. Like Iron Man, it yeah. just put him a little bit falls apart and he just walks away from it. Oh man. The first yeah. tension, dude. The first tension when he stopped his uh, his car, yeah. I'm just like, wow. Uh oh, oh yeah. Like, when the car hit him? Yeah, he didn't even he move. Like, move. Just like a hit? Yeah, he yeah. Did. He oh, just kind of like, hip checked it. Yeah, he <laughs> hip checked it a little bit and then the car went flying. That was awesome. Wow. He just ripped the doors off. I thought that was a great That's visual. Weird. The other change from the trailer, right? It's like yeah. he asked him that in the trailer yeah. and he's looking up at him. But Yep, as he was in the sky, but no, that didn't happen that way. Yeah. You'll see us. All these people shooting out the Batmobile, and it's do 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 do. Superman comes up and just crunk, yeah. just just yep, like I it's was, like it's paper mache. I was a little surprised that Bruce wasn't pissed off that he ripped the doors off. I would have been pissed. This guy's a billionaire. Yeah, I mean, come on, yeah, he's like, I have eight of these. I don't really care. This is my Thursday Batmobile. Like, I got a Friday Batmobile. Crashing it around as he was driving back to base, just. Yeah, All right, I'm back. I love, yeah. that he, I love that he didn't care. I was telling Moises, I was like, I can't believe that he's just like, ah, oh, Batmobile. Mark, I'm back, back in the office. Time to do some research. He probably has like a button that just like springs it into this giant like scrapyard, <laughs> and it just remelts the metal, and then you know builds another one. And it comes out all clean and fresh, but ready to go. What did you What did you think of the Batmobile? What was your thoughts? 
I thought it was IndyCar style. Very yeah. low profile, right? Slim, not like a big tank like the Tumbler. Yeah, girthy friggin' tank like a... Not girthy. Slim, slender, low profile. I thought it could drive under diesel trucks. <laughs> like I felt it was a little need for speed Batman. You know what I'm saying? It was like... I, you know, I, I definitely think that this is probably the best portrayal of a Batmobile because you could just see how monstrous it is. You know, you could see it go through walls. You could see it destroy things. And he, I thought it was smaller. It was low profile, yeah. yet still hard metal, slim, an indie, yeah. indie car feel. You know what I wanted? To, I, I kind of want to stray away from that. I wanted to ask you, like, how did you feel about the opening scene about, like, when you grab the whole different perspective of how the people in the city are living just watching all this? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I really like that. I, I liked it. it was a little flashback from that and the gravity of it. I think that that was truly the moment where he, where Bruce decided he has to put Superman down. And we needed that. Otherwise, it wouldn't be a plot development there and there wouldn't be that emotional attachment to it. So very important scene. I, I liked it a lot. Like I said, though, that was the point where you, when you catch up to Batman and you, you're like, oh, so now we know what Batman's all about. You know what I mean? Now we know what Bruce is all about and... And you kind of get that, that you catch up to him, you, you kind of realize where he's standing. And, and to me, I, I feel like Batman was the good guy in this movie. And what, what advice uh, does he give the fighter in that underground battle, that fight club that they have going on? What is push I, them I, back. I thought it was, I, honestly, ass kickery wizardry. He's like, aim for the body or something. And then no, I think he said, uh, like, how, how's 30,000 more? Oh. <laughs> oh, man, yeah. You want to race? I have a car parked out here. You can just have that if you beat this guy right now. <laughs> that would never happen because that, that was a heavyweight UFC fighter. The guy who was fighting, I was like, that's Todd Duffy right there. That guy is a killer. So <laughs> nice. I didn't recognize Todd Duffy would never do that. Like that. <laughs> well, another, another that was the, probably the most far-fetched part of this. Yeah, There's yeah. guys flying, but that yeah. UFC guy beating yeah. the other guy? Every UFC fighter there, so I was like, that's Todd Duffy. Like, it's not a nobody. Oh, but, but I think another just kind of grotesque, like, awesome cameo that I think, you know, me and you are going to nerd out about is, is you know, you got Lauren Cohen, Maggie, from oh, The Walking Dead. God. And then you got, you got, you got, um, the guy who's going to play Negan. I can't remember his name oh, right now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you got, you got the guy who's going to play Negan and they're together. The actor, yeah. Martha and, and, oh, man, I can't remember, in, you know. Yeah, whatever the actor's yeah, name is. I can't is. remember his name. I, I saw that too. I was like, oh, there he is. That's, that's Negan. Yeah. Oh man! He had, he had Lucille with his hand. It was right there. Yeah, you can see. It was. I thought that was crazy. It was Maggie. It was Maggie and Negan like together, and they were you know Mr. and Mrs. Wayne, and I thought that was that was kind of funny. I looked over. I didn't even know that was Maggie until later when they showed like her face again yeah. as dead. I was like, oh, that is Maggie, right? Yeah. It was her, right? It was definitely her. I have to check IMDb again, like just to like I wonder how she got that role. Like, hey, you wanna you wanna be in The Walking Dead? Martha, you wanna be Martha Wayne? I'm like, sure. Did you know that both mothers were Martha? Yeah, I, I knew that. Yeah. That part really hit I did home not. with me. Went home, home with you? Yeah, when he has his foot on his throat, and then she goes, that's his mom. But he's thinking of his own Martha, and I was like, wow, that's... You know what? They had to have some sort of heavy impact to make him stop, right? There couldn't have been anything better. His mother's name... Save Martha, save Martha. Why did you why did you say her name? Like why? And then here Superman's girl comes in says oh. That was that was a heavy emotional scene. I felt that. Clutch? Clutch. Clutch. I like that. I honestly don't know of anything else to talk about. I feel so exhausted right now. Oh, I, I there's just so many things going on. I don't know. Like, yeah. 
like brain dead right now. Just, I feel so. Just don't wait. Don't wait for it. You have to come inside and you have to experience because it's like it's kind of like Interstellar. If you watch it, Interstellar, like at home, unless you have a freaking Bose insane surround <laughs> system, like you're not gonna get the full experience. But yeah, it is definitely. Go see it. Go see it in a theater. You know, you have to see it because it's IMAX 3D wise, it was phenomenal. I was kind of, I didn't, well, I never watched movies in IMAX, and then I'm so glad I saw it in IMAX. It really is the best experience. Yeah, it would have been completely different had I seen just regular. I, I would have probably been okay. not yeah, yeah. mind blown. Yeah, I mean, the audio, how big yeah. the screen was, the 3D effect was clean. I know that they partially filmed in IMAX cameras. So I, I couldn't tell those apart. They were seamless. You remember how in, in The Dark Knight they filmed an IMAX and the screen would go whiter and then it would go slimmer? Like this seemed to just be seamless and you couldn't tell. And the 3D, I think, they, it, was, it was really, really, like, like you can't really tell what parts were 3D. And I think it was that depth. It wasn't the, you know, sticking out in your face, nerd, like, you know, like grotesque stupidness. Except for the leaf in the beginning. Remember the leaf? The, no, like, the leaf. Oh, the leaf. The oh. leaf and, and the, the, leaf. The, the nose of the gun. It was like, The nose yeah. of the gun. Those two. But after that, it was very not gimmicky. Yeah. It was just depth. And it just, you know, added that additional layer, that realism feel, that, that spatial yeah. touch feel that you get from 3D. And, yeah, it, was, it, was, it wasn't, it, it, that was the only gimmicks. Yeah, you hit that right. It was the only gimmicks. And then on top of that, like, every, like, I guess, punch and stuff in the Batman and Superman fight, you can kind of tell that was when they were doing it the most. It was, it, it, the 3D was really on point in that in that scene. Yeah. I kind of wanted to see more of triple teaming against Doomsday. Just like, boom, I'm gonna hit you with the hook, and she's gonna get you, and then yeah. Batman's gonna yeah. do. But missile. Batman really couldn't do much <laughs> in certain points. I got one shot. I got one yeah, bullet uh, covered up after he did that. Well, now, what now, you, that's why I thought they were gonna give him the spear. You know? Yeah. Oh, the gas. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was like when Doomsday just. He did like three times. He does that surge. Oh, that power surge. Yeah, yeah that was. That was you know that, gaining in power. That's a crazy thing because that's actually a, um, in the current inclination of Superman. Yeah, uh, the uh, the writer that's writing now, which just left, he gave uh, this super solar flare. They called it. Oh. That Superman has a solar flare yeah. that he just bursts and then for 24 hours is powerless. So they gave it to Doomsday, which is Gene yeah. Lun Yang. That's the writer. Gene Lun Yang, that's the writer that wrote it. I'm going duck under this. I'm The thing that they, they did like grasp in this film was uh, perspective. A lot of perspective. Like between the universe with uh, Batman and Superman. It's like different cities. Where's Batman during this whole disaster in the first movie? Different perspective. Alright, how's Bruce Wayne? How's he feeling? Different perspective. How do you, how does like Batman fight Doomsday? Exactly. Different perspective. He's like, oh, you know what? I can't fuck with him because yeah. he will, he's gonna mess me up if I even try. You just see him evading. How does, ah, oh, just like so many times. I mean, even Lex's twisted perspective, right? Yeah. On making him look like he was in the desert killing people. So then they had, you know, the government going like, he's a murderer. Yeah. You know? I, think, I think people now understand, you know, yeah, like how Batman works to, you know, the Justice League is he's the brains. He's not really the brawn. Superman's the brawn. And, you know, what, what Batman is known for is being that smart, super smart, you know, detective. Prepared. Yeah, he's the one that's always ready for everything. And people know now that that's what Batman's all about. And everybody who's... All those those people I hear like, oh, Superman's gonna kick the crap out of Batman because Batman doesn't have superpowers. They understand now. 
they get it why Batman is still can go toe to toe with Superman. Yeah, that goes to Joe Rogan. Joe Joe Rogan was talking so much crap about Batman and Superman. Yes, I think I, he needs to watch that. <laughs> there you go. Well, hell, he could go. Anyone can go all the way back to world's finest comics, like in the '60s. You know, Batman is always the one that's prepared. He always has kryptonite in his back pocket. I mean, he he, he knows. Right, he does his research, he hacks in, he knows things, he has information, that's that's Batman, you're right, it did did kind of shine that light on that aspect of Batman, I like that too. Yeah, that, it was, um, like Joey said, it, it was perspective, it was a lot of perspective and you could definitely tell, like, you know, how Batman is going to contribute to the Justice League, and you're going to see the scope of what Batman does for the rest of the universe, you know what I mean, and it's not... People, I feel like people think, you know, Batman's this, like, useless guy, you know what I mean? Like, he's not useless, he's probably the most powerful one there just because he knows everyone's weakness and he knows how to defeat everyone. People don't get it, and I think they finally will get it. Yeah, another it's, thing with, uh, with, like, perspective, uh, like, the way they shoot DC films and Marvel films, oh, I feel like yeah. Marvel films, they grab more of a broad vision. Happy like happy but they like merge the characters too quick and and the DC films they they just focus on every aspect of that character and just makes it more you get a bigger emotional attachment and just the the films are way more epic yeah and a much more dramatic serious feel you know where there's a lot more weight there emotional weight i'm still excited like yeah, about Civil War. You know? Dramatic to Civil War but Batman versus Superman i want to see this movie so bad again like I, I'll, I'm gonna go as soon as possible, to be honest. Just to probably in my again, yeah. But I, I told Moises when uh, when the Civil War trailer dropped, I was I woke him up. I woke him up with my screams. When, and, I was like, and I was like, oh, what, who is this? Like, I have work in an hour. Justin, what's up? He shows me the film, and then I'm like, oh my god. So, but You're right there with him. You know that it can. This movie, it, you know, I watching the Civil War trailer. And then coming to see this, like, when I saw the Civil War trailer, I was, I was, I forgot about Batman vs. Superman. And then now that I saw Batman vs. Superman, I forgot about Civil War. And so, I, I, like, it was epic. It was just, it, it had that attention-grabbing, you know, that's what the trailer did to me. Yeah. yeah. It was, it was and it's just nice to see, I think, I think, um, with, say, the last few movies, like Deadpool being the last as, like, a rated R raunchy film, and this going into the more serious dramatic and then we wait just a few more months and we're a little bit back into the light again with Civil War and, and you know, it's just like, just good tone mix all together. We got Rated R Raunchy, we got Dramatic on this, and yeah, just different emotions, different feels. Blew me away, I was like, wow, there's so much little things that people don't notice that this movie did so good. And then I see Batman vs. Superman, I'm like, there's so much going on, oh wow. You know, I, I, there's not a lot that can, that can put Marvel in trouble. This is definitely a movie that they're probably worried about now. You know, all all the studio heads at Marvel are like, "Oh crap!" Like we need to really I step just, it up now. I just yeah. hope like everyone I know comes to watch this movie because yes. definitely go see it and an IMAX 3D if you can because it was gorgeous. It was yeah. beautiful. The sound was amazing. The look of the film all together. Right now it's disruptive. Like I never watch 3D movies, dude. I always find the glasses very irritating. I get. Motion sickness of the ass. I just, yeah, but really this this movie was like very well executed. Since, since we were little, he's always just like had that 
Oh man, I can't. I can't. Yeah, when things move quickly on the screen, etc. Cloverfield, that one really oh, made him throw up. He literally stepped outside and threw up. Wow. The first Cloverfield, yeah. <laughs> you don't like that. You don't like that handheld camera feel of things where the cam. Really had to step outside to throw up because the movie. And I was like, I like. It. <laughs> well, this is very much the opposite. I'm very comfortable, no problems. Didn't give you a headache. I, I can watch this movie with an Oculus. Like I, <laughs> POV, that'd be great. That would be that would be awesome. But I mean. It goes again to you know how crisp everything was you know and you said that you could see everything the lighting was good you know, yes all the 3D was clean it wasn't you know it wasn't gimmicky and so I, I think you know cinematography wise it was it was really it was really gorgeous yeah it was really it was good a lot of cool Americana shots like the cornfields and did you also catch that. Wayne Manor, the original, Wayne yeah, Manor 1, was all just crumbled and destroyed. I think that's a direct reference from the Batman Begins series and the Christopher Nolan series, because, yeah, it was just left that way, and he wanted to have, like, Site 2, <laughs> Site B. Yeah, we'll see, man. I don't know. It's, yeah, I mean, we got we to gotta wait. Maybe the Joker did some Suicide Squad's around the corner. And then he, the, the Robin suit. Yeah, the Robin oh, suit. You really got a good look at it. Uh, yeah. I mean, you, you guys yeah, might awesome. not know it, but, uh, I, you I know, Jason that. Todd, he's dead. The Joker killed him. So, I mean, I, it, it, that... Spoiler! Yeah, I mean, but that has to, you know, that, that added to, I guess, the depth of Batman. And, you know, I, I, not a lot of... Constantly a reminder, he's looking yeah, at... Not a, not, a lot of, not a lot of, you know, you know movie goers that come to movies like this, they don't really know what happened. And so, movie nerds like me, who is going to explain it to everyone later... You know, exactly, to Moises, uh, what that means to Batman, it just adds to that depth. And I think they'll understand why it's like, oh, you know. And so I I'm wondering now, because if that was Jason Todd, or J is that Jason Todd? Yeah. Uh, uh, I wonder what now, who's going to be Nightwing? I want to see who Nightwing is. Nightwing's got to be something, he's got to be here. So. Yeah. And again, so I, I'm just... I, Maybe we've already seen him. Maybe Dick Grayson was in this movie. He was like in somewhere in a moment. And there's Nightwing. Yeah. yeah. Who well, knows? I, I, I think it's Scott Eastwood. He's, he's in Suicide Squad. You know, he's in Suicide Squad. So I think it's I think it's Scott Eastwood. He's Dick Grayson. Could be. Like in the Dark Knight, there's some dark action scenes. Where, what? what, what? You hear stuff and you don't really know what's happening. And then this one, I was like... Oh, that was sick. Oh, he just twisted his arm this way. I mean, when he was fighting in the desert, that was like in the absolute day, and it was just... You can see his eyes. You can see his eyes. about to shoot at him, and just boom. And then he would full-on take shots. Like, he had a headshot right to the back of the head, and it's like, boom, 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 and he turned around. Oh, like, oh, man, I gotta watch my back moment. Like, and he got stabbed in the armpit, and he was still fighting all those guys. Like, yeah, that weak that weak point in his armor was breached, and I think he, like... He was like, uh-oh, like, you know? I so I definitely appreciate the vulnerability of the characters. Like, yeah. like Batman, he knows, like, you know what? I can, I, can get, yeah. I can get messed up really bad if I step in, so I'm just going to leave it to these guys. <laughs> yeah, I'll just... Superman, they'll take the stakes feel higher in this kind of movie, right? You don't... It, it's just more realistic and dramatic. Wonder Woman finally pulls out the lasso. I heard Justin like, oh, another nerdgasm. The lasso of truth. I think I, yeah, I, I screamed out, the lasso of truth. Like, oh. And, uh, somebody ask her, ask her a question. Or somebody tell him something. Lasso me. Uh, these guys again. She has a lasso. Uh, it's during the Warcraft. 
Like, some of the people in the back, woo! Yeah. <laughs> oh! I, t- I looked over at Moises, I was like, that's a level of nerd I can never reach. I can't get into MMOs and stuff, you know, so... But, I, you guys know... Squad. That's Suicide Squad, yeah. That looks great. I'm really excited about that. Did you guys see the movie Focus? With Will Smith and, and yeah. what's her name? Margot Robbie? Yeah, I recommend it. See it. Because it's definitely like a prequel to The Suicide Squad. For me, in my mind, it was. Because the two of them are there. So now now we know that those two actors have chemistry. Yeah. But I, mean, well, yeah. I love when uh, when Will Smith's like, oh, these cheerleading tryouts. You can totally tell she's probably standing right in front of him, even though yeah. they don't show that. Like, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, definitely see Focus if you want to. I don't know. I got a little suicide feel out of it because it's the two of them. but And they're burglars. you know, So they're kind of bad, but yet... It was good. Well, I think we've said it all, haven't we? I don't. I, I, like I said before, there's not. I'm just grasping at stuff now. Because yeah, we haven't said it all, but we've definitely said enough. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna wake up in the morning like, oh, you that, that part was awesome. <laughs> you remember that, Moises? I oh. <laughs> <laughs> there's gonna be a lot of tomorrow, and I'm gonna be like, oh. <laughs> No, all I'm gonna do now is just is go to the bat gym. That's all I'm gonna do. <laughs> I, wanna, I wanna throw a tire and yeah, yeah. Let, let's go work out a little bit. Yeah, membership is free. Just pick up heavy stuff. Both pull ups. Oh, with the, with like I think he was carrying four plates. That's a lot of weight, man. Like. Yeah, we're like we're like the same age, but like bad at fucking me. So I'm like, man, I need to work out. I gotta exercise. <laughs> Testosterone. <laughs> oh. The guy's from another planet, for Christ's sake. I gotta do some more of these biceps. Oh, <laughs> so let, yeah, let's all go to our bat gyms. Let's all go to our bat gyms and work out a little bit. I feel like that, that you know, that that ties it, you know what I mean? Overall, amazing movie. Go see it. Yeah, see it, see it multiple times. I'm in like a 9.8 out of 10. I gave it 5 out of 5 sunspots. <laughs> Is that that's your new rate, your rankings? 5 out of 5? Alright, 5 out of 5 sunspots. It was a really good movie. I enjoyed every part of it. Yeah, me too. Seeing it, it's gonna make you cry unicorn tears. <laughs> there wasn't any point of the movie where I was like, Yeah. You know, you know, this theater in Fullerton tells you at moments in the in the film when you when you should go pee, because they've watched it already and they're like, Oh, all you all you'll miss is this, right? I'm interested to see what they have because I didn't feel like there were any no, like there no any kind of boring, quiet. I can go pee moments. Better take a piss before you go. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Oh, I'm gonna have to look it up and see what that theater has. I'm still holding it. I, I still need to go. It's so. like pee within these three minutes because all they do is he walks in the car and she waves to him and just go pee then. So that's what that theater does. You can find that moment in so many movies, but not in this, right? Not in this. I think I feel that moment. I'm like, all right, now's good. <laughs> I think that's my official my official review when I when I give this movie is. There's no pee moments. There's no pee moments? There's no pee moments. Enough said. Enough said. We can end on that. Well, there you go. There you have it, guys. That's Justin, Moises, Joey, and myself. Giving it five out of five sunspots. Go see Batman vs. Superman. You give it an 80 on the sunspots, you know, like a 95 on the sunspots meter. <laughs> the sun meter. <laughs> we'll figure that out. So. <laughs> Well, thanks, guys, for going to the movie with me and for this this awesomely one-hour-long review. Wow, really? Yeah, almost almost an hour. We're at holy crap! One, oh my god! Yeah, one hour exactly. Wow. Well, thanks, guys. I appreciate all of it. You guys hanging out? <laughs> Spoilerific review. Heavy spoiler review, everyone. If you don't want to know what happened. But yes, go see it. It's amazing, man. Batman vs Superman. I'm gonna go see it tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> all right. 
there you have it. Thanks again, Justin. You can follow Justin on Instagram at JustLAKings. And of course, you can see Justin or hear Justin or read Justin on the Sunspots Comics blog. Check him out at blog.sunspotscomics.com. And I'm sure you can see Joe, uh, his buddy Joey and Moises on his Instagram as well. Thanks again, guys, everyone, for for seeing the movie together and I enjoyed it with you your company and everything you guys are so pumped and hyped and it just made me enjoy it that much more and again thanks for letting me stick the microphone in your face for an hour I appreciate it that was fun and next up is I just saw it not and got out of the movie about 45 minutes ago or so so this is uh, my dad's point of view I just decided to stick the mic in his face too and ask my father what he thought so here is Rogelio Latore Mr. Sunspot himself his review of Superman versus Batman and again of course spoiler alert because man he goes right into just about the juiciest of spoilers right at the beginning but here you go here's my pops Roger so I just finished watching um, Superman with dad here what you think dad wow it's amazing and what a teaser you know Superman's coming back <laughs> <laughs> spoiler right <laughs> what was your favorite part dad oh the battle of uh the Batman, Superman, and the Wonder Woman against the, the whatever, yeah. yeah so what do you give it, A-plus? Oh, yeah, A-plus, of course. <laughs> well, there you have it, guys. That's my dad's point of view. Dad says A-plus. not going to die, you know. <laughs> He's not going to die, but I'm waiting and waiting, and then that, that, uh, that coffin just went... Dead. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good, right? Uh, but uh, amazing, amazing. All right, good. <laughs> He's trying to go to the restroom, but I'm like stopping him. I'm like, tell me what you think, Dad. Well, there you go. There's the pop's perspective. <laughs> and there's my father, Roger, a man of a few words, except of course when he's when he was up on stage, and he was the uh, he was quite the jester, the joke cracker. But get him off stage, and it was all quiet. He's like that. That, that old racist Warner Brothers frog, remember? <laughs> Put on a big show, and then as soon as the uh, the lights went down and the curtain closed, he was just... Burp. That's my dad. He's a quiet man of a few words. But, man, when that light shines on him, he was quite the, quite the fun. But uh, there you go. So uh, I hope you enjoyed those. It was fun. Those are just a couple of impromptu reviews of Superman versus Batman, but I'm very much against all those critics. Sorry, critics. I just don't agree with you, and I don't want to hear it and don't want to read about it. All the negativity. It was fun. It was just a good comic book movie, just good time. It had an interesting pacing. Never, I never got bored, and the visually, it was just absolutely stunning. Cinematography, stunning, and sure, there was some, some plot holes here and there and some odd things, but it, none of it really mattered. It was just a great film that I enjoyed. I give it five out of five sunspots. I'll be buying it on Blu-ray when it comes out. And uh, go see it if you haven't already. Don't worry about what the critics are saying. and Just go in and enjoy the movie. Don't compare it to Marvel films. Don't compare it to anything. Just clear your head and watch a good comic book movie. Superman versus Batman, right? Man! So anyway, as we move along with the show here, things on my nerd brain. Daredevil Season 2 oh, on Netflix. Fantastic. Watch it. I'm only just about uh, three, four, three, four episodes in. Loving it. It's absolutely strong. Daredevil versus Punisher? Doesn't get any better than that. <clears throat> and quickly, oh, I want to jump into the uh, listener mailbag. I do have a uh, listener email to give a shout out. And it is Nicole Collegio, friend of the show. Hi, Nicole. 
and she wrote this just gushingly positive nice email and I had to I have to spotlight it and read it and thanks again Nicole for being a huge fan and supporting Sunspots comics and here's your letter and it will be sending you a comic book prize so here we go she wrote I'm a huge fan of yours for quite some time every time I listen to your podcast I hear something some I hear someone I hear someone living their passion <laughs> so, uh, your passion is contagious and I hope that other people listen to your podcast and are inspired to do the same I cannot wait for you to have a store so that I can help support you in your dream your recommendations are fantastic and I love that in every single one of your podcasts you make it a point to be positive and respectful in your choices without knocking any choices that you may not have picked Cannot wait for your comic book zombie destroyers and your next ventures in comic related anything. Thank you so much for your hard work and for making my life lifelong fan of not only comics, making me a lifelong fan about not only comics, but Sunspots comics as well. She said, P.S. Love your personal stories that you share. Not many people do that in podcasts these days. It makes it more than just a comic podcast. So... Thank you so much, Nicole Collegio, and thank you for emailing in with that positiveness. And sure, it made me feel a little uncomfortable, but I'm like, wow, it was just so positive and and such a just a pouring of of respect and admiration. I had to give in a moment. So thank you so much, Nicole, for listening and telling your friends, and always sharing everything on the social media. I very much appreciate it, and I will be sending you a comic book related prize and reaching out to you for your address. So thank you so much, and. I guess on the personal notes, and that's kind of your recommendation or kind of your request. Uh, one thing I did when I bought the Superman versus Batman Ultimate ticket for a hundred dollars that allows you to go to Regal Cinemas as many times as you wish to see Batman versus Superman. It was kind of all ulterior motive. Of course, I wanted to take my wife and my son and my dad, but also some of my friends that maybe aren't so much into the comic book realm and and go and see it with them. So I, I wanted to use the, I use that card as kind of a way to have some additional personal experiences with my my friends and my my buddies that aren't such comic book fans and. So I've been, and family, and I've been reaching out to people, trying to find out a time when they would like to go, and just using it as an excuse to to hang out with them and see how their lives are and and catch up. So I like to use uh, comic books and comic book movies to kind of bridge that that gap. And so there you go, there you have it. A little personal. I know it's a smidge, but it's it's true. It's me, and it's how it is. So family and friends, you know who you are. I'm coming after you, so we can go see some Batman versus Superman. So uh, there you go, Nicole. There's a positive blurb. So I hope you enjoyed that. <laughs> so that was into the mailbag. So if you want to, of course, win a little comic book prize, just email me, chris at sunspotscomics.com. If I pick your email, I will talk about it on the show, and I will send you a little comic book prize. That's all you have to do. So if you have a recommendation or a question or anything you are just interested in in your nerd brain, hit me up, chris at sunspotscomics.com. So, and of course, if you want to see what I'm picking, what I'm pulling, what my favorite comic books are for the week, just go to sunspotscomics.com, click on stuff, and you'll see all my gigantic lists of all the comics I read and what made my favorite picks from all the way back to May. So, crazy stuff. And uh, quickly, I'm also writing a comic book called Zombie Destroyers. I'm the writer, and Jordan Hudson is doing the art. Fantastic, beautiful art, of course. Follow him on Instagram, at Jordan underscore Hudson underscore art. Please take a look at zombiedestroyers.com. Page 5 is coming very soon. He's working on the art on page 5. And I did go and pick up pages 3 and 4, which are amazing. Thank you so much, Jordan Hudson, for your beautiful work on Zombie Destroyers, our comic book. So check it out. Check out Zombie Destroyers, and that's the latest 
latest update there. So without further ado, let's jump right into podcast 47. Thank you so much for listening and away we go. This week I actually have three comic book feel good factoid freebies. Yay! So first one comes from timesofmalta.com. Malta. And the title says, New exhibit draws on history of the world's oldest comic book. Uh, books. So I thought, interesting, what is the oldest known comic book in the world? Well, a Swiss comic book from 1833 is given the credit as the earliest comic book. I'm like, wow, it's called The Adventures of Obadiah Oldbuck. And wow, it's part of the exhibition here. And this exhibition looks like it's in Scotland, but you can see some of the pictures. I'll, of course, share all my comic book feel-good factor and freebies on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Sunspots Comics. And there's even some really old work from just Batman stuff, Frank Quietly things, even Andy Warhol uh, pieces of art. And it's just really its focus is on finding some of the oldest comic books in existence. And when you see what some of it looks like, you'll be, I think, a little surprised that it has a very modern look to it at the same time. Like maybe there hasn't been, you know, there's been departures, of course, in the comic book world. But to some of that older uh, source material, there's still a lot of comics that are within that look and feel and vein. So interesting. So that's the first one. And second one comes from gizmodo.uk. Normally it's about like gadgetry and stuff, but they had a nice, super positive article about the state of the union of comic books. And their title of this article is Comic Books Have Made a Huge Comeback in the Past Five Years. Well, movies, TV shows, of course, helps all of that, but literally in print, which is the largest area of growth, the digital is slowly climbing, but in very small numbers. They even throw, threw down here that five years ago, January 2011, was not a good year for comic books. The top 300 comic books only sold about 4 million copies. And then you flash forward and it says that uh, the market ordered more than 2 million uh, more copies than 5 years ago and even to 719 new comics and graphic, graphic novels versus 555 five years ago. So there you go. Five, 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 five years ago. So just a very positive state of the union address for printed comic books and how well they're doing in the last five years. And I love, I love that. So I had to just give you some of that good times right there. And the third and final comic book feel good factoid freebie is from ultimate 75th.com. So this year, Marvel turned 75 and this site, which doesn't look like it's approved by Marvel. So Marvel so it's an unofficial, appreciation on this website and you have to check it out it is just the most in-depth year-by-year chronicling of all marvel comic books and when you open up the splash page by the way props to whoever designed this website because it's beautiful it has just this overall gorgeous look of all these classic comics wallpapering the page and you can click on 1939 and then just see everything broken down how many titles there were series that existed at that time and you can just it's just so heavy and so deep into the realm of, of comic books and and this wonderful history so check it out it looks like there's continually more uh, each each time I look at it that they're continually loading and I'm looking at something from 1939, the Human Torch and Submariner, 10 cents, just very cool. And it, it has plenty of color pictures of it and teases and historical background. It is loaded with stuff. So ultimate 75th.com. Check it out. It's gorgeous. 
And now, actually, I have just one story that takes a glimpse into the world of artificial intelligence. That's right, AI. And this was an absolute doozy. Let me tell you, frightening. It's from hackred.com, and artificial intelligence robot claims it will destroy the human race. So, uh, Sophia is an advanced lifelike robot, and sitting there with its creator, he starts asking the robot questions, the Sophia, which has like a ton, 62 facial expressions, and it is just frightening. Hear it speak. Technology and the environment. I feel like I can be a good partner to humans in these areas. Oh my gosh. When the eyebrows come together in that furrowed brow, you can see the angry look in her eyes. There's cameras in her eyes. Uh, she has that Google Chrome voice recognition technology, and they've—it's—it's it's frightening. You have to see this. And at the very end, I'm just gonna play it for you. Listen in. Let's see if you can hear. Oh. Our goal is that she will be as conscious, creative, and capable as any human. In the future, I hope to do things such as go to school, study, make art. It Start is children. frightening. But at the very, very end, he asks her, literally, do you want to destroy humans? Please say no, Sophia. And she goes, unblinkedly, they wrote, okay, I will destroy humans. And she's like, no, 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 no. And the video cuts off. Ah! So there you go. Uh, he says they're maybe 10 years away from having these types of robots integrated with society. Just walking around. Oh, boy. This is frightening. You have to see this. I'll share this immediately. But there you go. There's the one glimpse into artificial intelligence. Freaky deaky. <laughs> so let's move on now to of course my favorite part of my podcast which is reviewing comic books spoiler alert of course i do read comics i try not to give you everything on it but i do spoil it so spoiler alert and i read 11 comic books this week for march 23rd and five of them made my favorite picks of the week and uh, that's a little under that 50 percent mark but pretty good and the top five were so good. I have to say the number one is actually a two-way tie for number one. I, I couldn't just like with a, even a gun to my head pick which one is better than the other. I, I tried the living alone on an island. What would you have to – I mean I'd have to fight to bring them both. They were both amazing. And I'll get right into that. But first, of course, a quick mention. Art cover of the week was Shadow Glass from Dark Horse Comics, number one, by a written and – drawn by Ali Fell, and it looks like she did the coloring as well, which is gorgeous. Very super hyper-realistic, and it's a throwback into London 1562, and it's just gorgeous. The boats, the bay, the beautiful art, the realistic eyes and facial expression, gorgeous. The, the light color tone, which gives this realistic feel to it. It has weight, it has great respect for light source, it is what you dream about. If I could draw, I, w I wish I could... 10% of what I draw could look like this. It is just gorgeous. And it's a labor of love for Allie. You can very much tell. She's poured her heart into it. The cover is like this. These tentacles surrounding this shadow glass, which is like this dark-eyed marble. 
and our main character who is uh, just cut out of out of her time. She doesn't belong where she in the 1500s. She's she's sort of very masculine, sort of very tomboyish, and in society and in, in in this uh, era, she's just very much frowned upon, looked on like she's some sort of freak. But art winner and cover winner in one, Ali Fell from Shadow Glass Dark Horse Comics number one. Check it out. And it's the only number one of the week, which was amazing. And it made it to the top five picks. As a matter of fact, let's jump right into it. Coming in at number five is the Shadow Glass. So there you go. I could not hype this enough. Kind of a real surprise pick. I saw that it was coming. I really hadn't heard too much about Ali Fell. I still want to look her up and see what what her story is and see some of her work but this is gorgeous so this is quickly as uh, you jump right into London in 1562 and a gentleman comes to shore and this gentleman has a, a, a very quick purpose to find this Dr. D immediately and he is uh, staying with a friend and the friend introduces him to his wife and they immediately have an awkward meeting there where Mr. Hughes here is you he's he's doing improper things with his eyes to this other man's wife Master Hughes and yes uh, Arabella is her name and so there's this very awkward meeting between the two which which works emotionally you can see it in the eyes and they quickly with Dr. D and Doc and Mr. Hughes somehow sort of quickly flash forward into convincing Arabella as part of this experiment for some reason with this piece of shadow glass, with this artifact that they have. And she she agrees to it. Um, you could tell she's sort of weak-willed, the, the way that the writing portrays her here, that she's a sort of simple woman, and these two men are taking advantage of her. And you feel that, and I, you feel they're sort of disgusted by it. And like the way it's portrayed is just like, ugh, you get sort of upset. And I thought, wow, really evoking emotion here. And they do this seance, this sorcery uh, experiment with her in the shadow glass. And quickly these tentacles take, like, wrap, just cover her. And you hear this demonic voice say, I am no child. And you're like, okay. And then we flash forward to the daughter of Arabella. And she's witnessing a hanging. There's this two-page splash of her just walking through the town in uh, you know late 1500s seeing this this couple being hung with really zero dialogue and it, it that it definitely has like a powerful uh, sentence here like you were you're given a, a a dark glimpse into how the world was then and this sort of woman that is hung and she's just, it's just there that's just part of what they see on a day-to-day -day basis and so she goes to visit her father and her father explains she's that, that he's not her father and that Mr. Hughes is and they had an affair and so uh, he's also ill and really pleads to her to not seek Mr. Hughes to just leave it alone and how is she going to do that she's a 20 something here and she's a she's a, like her mother tomboyish if, if you will but she's she definitely has that a different sort of spark you can tell there's a curiosity there's a naivety there's a there's an intelligence there with her so definitely written and drawn with depth and so she does go off uh, I'm gonna leave it there into finding her father and you just got to put your eyes on this it's gorgeous and I added it to the pull list and that's why it's my number five pick of the week 
Number four coming in is uh, from Marvel. Uh, number five, Venom, Space Knight. And this is continually good, consistently good. The art is ridiculous. Uh, from Robbie Thompson, the writer, Ariel Olivetti. I've featured them before. Continual pick. And this is just a sci-fi space romp with Flash Thompson giving a little history in that he wasn't the best of men. I like that we dip into his past and he's sort of admitting that he wasn't that good a guy. And it was really... Uh, he treated Peter Parker horribly, but he he was he idolized Spider-Man, and that sort of helped turn his life around. I like that little bit of backstory from Flash Thompson. And we flash back into the current where he's <laughs> speaking to his robot, uh, the 803. That's that's his suicidal death robot, and he's coming up with a plan to again help the space pig slash panda rescue its. It's, it's child. I guess they don't want really to say if it's a boy or girl. So it's this mama panda pig space killer <laughs> bounty hunter thing that Venom has decided to help. He creates the he takes the Venom suit and creates like a bubble that they can sort of space jump. And he's like, if we live through this, the dialogue is just written in such a witty. The banter is is hilarious. It's it's space partners, space cops on an adventure. And this involves like a. A single, a double, and a triple cross. And I loved that writing. It was like, trust me, we're going to pretend we're enemies, then we're going to be caught, and we're going to be put in the same room, and then we're going to double cross each other. It's this great little complex piece of writing right there in a quick little way. They don't dwell on it too quickly. But then they are, they're finally face-to-face -face with the person that's responsible for kidnapping this panda pig child that Venom's trying to help get back. And they throw into a, a battle, and yeah, this this guy's a badass. They have a difficult time. He separates the Venom suit, and that was, I guess, apparently his objective all along, was to steal the Venom suit, and then you see a new version of Venom with this bad guy, that Flash Thompson in the name of the, of the <laughs> panda pig escapes me, but beautiful art. It has like a realistic sort of Alex Ross look, I guess, to it. And it's gorgeous. I highly recommend it from the beginning. I think this is going to be ending on issue six. I think it's just going to be a mini, which I've really loved it. This will be a fantastic collection, graphic novel, trade paperback collection. So check it out. Venom. That's why it's the number four. It's beautifully drawn. A lot of fun. Sci-fi fun. And number three is Batman number 50. So we're coming to the end of writer Scott Snyder and artist Greg Capullo. Their fantastic work on Batman, which is a crazy run, doing pretty much most of the 50 issues. I know there were a couple of fill-ins, one by Jock, by the way, which was, which was gorgeously drawn. But this is just full-on Batman action. I was feeling this so much with the beautiful Superman vs. Batman movie. This is a the ending of their meeting of fighting this, this new villain, Dr. Bloom, Mr. Bloom who is the, like this scarecrow-like creature with this crazy sunflower. You don't know if he's necessarily an, an alien. This gives his backstory. This has Batman in a giant mech suit fighting throughout town, like very Godzilla-like feeling to it. It is well done. Gordon, uh, he is uh, not doing well. Uh, Bloom stuck one of his tendrils like through the, through his into his throat and punctured his lungs and so he's he's barely hanging on to life here and you feel that tension like man is, is Commissioner Gordon gonna make it here he, he did his best to be Batman but it's time for him now to step off step back step down 
Batman's unveiling of his new suit, which is cool. It's simple, clean design. It has just some orange sort of tracing bordering done. And the modified bat on the center of the chest is, is unique. It's clean. I like it. Gloves look interesting. It's sort of a rehashing of some classic look, but very simplistic design. I, and I really liked looking at it. It just sort of, it doesn't stand out. I guess a crazy standout, but it blends nicely and I like the little orange trim highlights. But this Batman is completely healed. All of his old wounds are, are, are gone. He's he seems to have just a better attitude as well. That that he's some of that heavy load of the world's been lifted from him and I like that. His dialogue is is lighter. He's he's just fighting all these people that have taken Dr. Bloom's pill and and they briefly have their meta-human-like capability from shock power to shooting fire out of their hands to, and it eventually then uh, pools and harnesses where they gather the energy into this gigantic sort of portal that looks like it's going to just blow up the entire city. And you're interested, you're introduced to who I believe is going to be the new sort of Robin, and I haven't been following the Robin series. He's probably been in the, in there, but, uh, this sort of touches base on his parents are infected by what looks like Joker serum. They look to, to be crazy faced, <laughs> but this is just, this f pays off. This is, I would say Capullo and Snyder on all eight cylinders here. It's just chock full. It seems to be double sized as well, which for the price of uh, $5.99, completely worth it. You just seem like you're just getting a lot of comic here. But yeah, it's a final battle, so I don't have to really, I don't want to just go over all of it to spoil. There is one page that I was a little like, what? They show this giant Joker mech, and you're like, oh, okay, Batman giant mech and Joker giant mech through the city, Godzilla-like, but uh, it's just gone. They don't show the Joker mech do anything. Interesting. I read it three times understand where it went. Uh, I think it would have been higher ranked if they would have went somewhere with that, but they just, he just left it. It's gone. They didn't show this giant Joker mech fighting a giant Batman mech. And I wanted it, but they didn't give it to us. But anyway, that's why it's the number three. Fantastic Batman number 50 from DC Comics. And coming in, like I said, the, the first place draw, in no particular order, the two number ones. Uh, first one is from Boom Studios is Claws from Grant Morrison, art by Dan Mora. And this is the back, this is the four of seven. So we're we're wrapping this thing up, but it, this really adds the meat of the story here. We have backstory as to what happened to Claus's mother, which is pretty devastating, I won't spoil it. And baby Claus, <laughs> baby Claus. And his, his upbringing here, where he definitely was poor, but he's he's always whittling and always making toys, and he sees the, the, the a, a beautiful young woman that he, young girl that he, you know, that young love from across the way and just observes her for a long period of time to where he finally gets the opportunity to give her this, she loves birds, and he gives her this this toy bird, which is way ahead and advanced for its time where it, it sings and flies, and that's their sort of moment where they fall for each other. And then you see the the evil warden that is the son of the evil warden that wants her, that, you know, sees how happy and love they are, but he says, I'll do anything if you can make her love me. And there's this ominous voice in the background just says, anything. So you're like, okay, there's this power that has sort of pushed the this this evil family that runs this city that he 
he loved and has just turned into this dark place where they don't let kids have toys and they sort of kill their imagination and it's this this strange city where they just want to be miserable <laughs> well Claus is there to to now we flash forward to where he's an adult where he sees this woman again of course she's now married to the evil the evil master that poisoned the king at one point and she somehow was forced into marrying him and you think this this reuniting of Claus and this woman was going to or Mrs. potentially Mrs. Claus I guess maybe it's going to be this wonderful reunion she smacks him and says you killed my father and you're like okay thrust into another little backstory where he where Claus did not in fact kill his father you'll see of course it's this evil family running the town that he's trying to help and you get the origin of his his wolf companion which I'm not even gonna blow it it's it's very little dialogue panel in this wonderful winter where he is uh, left out to to be killed and yet you see where he first meets the wolf family in the wolf pack and he spares one into where flash forwarding basically and he meets the wolf again and what's happens there and why they're so close to each other and he, I love it anytime you have that for me that moment I'm a dog lover that you have uh, someone uh, being kind to the animal kingdom and and then the animal kingdom repays that it uh, that just gets me I love that in this and then I would say the heart of the story for me and what really worked and made it such a high number shared number one pick was the scene where she the, the potential Mrs. Claus and her son who is this who is this evil toy destroyer he, they must gather all the toys for the son and he just destroys them and he hates them and they don't do anything and he keeps sort of talking to them and like you do nothing and what he ultimately is looking for and the mother helps him here is to is to spark his imagination and she has like a, a sort of action figure toy and says well pretend it's it's riding this this bird and he plays action figures with his mom and it's just this touching moment where this sort of evil kid has a light-hearted imaginative moment and I bought it it was definitely well portrayed emotionally and it's the heart of the story so it grabbed me and that's why it's a shared number one so check out claws fan fantastic beautifully drawn gorgeous work the story of Santa Claus I mean who would have thought that Grant Morrison would be doing that and that I would love it so much <laughs> it's probably gonna end right at Christmas time right I don't know they're four of seven but he's hasn't been exactly on time monthly so I'll give you a warning there might be a good thing to read in full collection but anyway the other shared number one favorites picks of March 23rd for new comic book day is from image comics birthright by Joshua Williamson Art, gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. Art, Andre Bresson. And this is more meat to the story of Birthright. I love it. His his pregnant woman is captured. Michael, our main character, who... We lost Michael when he was young. He was playing ball with his dad, went into the forest, and disappeared. Went into this crazy Narnia, Lord of the Rings-like world. It disappeared. And when he came back a few years later, he was this grown Conan the Barbarian. That's the story in a nutshell. So this uh, woman that's pregnant with his child is chasing him into our into our world, and Michael's birth mother is there trying to find Michael, and their dad is in this as well. So the, th the primary theme, which I'm a humongous sucker for, is family. And this now, even even Michael's brother is uh, imbued with this good spirit that is trying to help Michael redeem himself because Mike is possessed. Michael is possessed by this evil demon that he that he maybe didn't necessarily forced 
to be possessed, but he accepted it. And we're learning that, you know, he's flawed, he's not perfect, he's trying to be good, or is he? There's just that continual, that continual teetering of the scale here, where you're not really sure with this character, Michael. And they do it well enough to where you're not, like, angry with it, to where you're going, wow, I wish we could just make his mind, the writer would make his mind with this character. No, it's a, it's a, an internal struggle, it's a back and forth, and the brother is along for this road trip, so it's like, older brother, but yet his, his brother Michael came back from that other world and he's much older than him now but that relationship there is just well done and there's this new ominous character we've met uh in the maybe two episodes ago who battled michael in the street and michael lost and is still sort of sort of stalking michael in a way and so i immediately got the sense like this person is really out to help michael because he could have killed him but he didn't and I'll just tell you that that person is revealed. This this character is revealed, and it's it's a it's a jaw dropper. And and again, family being the theme is the only thing I'll get close to spoiling. But such fantastic work. And you got the head of this secret sort of FBI organization that's following him. And this blonde haired guy, he's has this team that's helping him. And it seems like when they fail helping Michael, he disintegrates them. So it's like he's keeping this whole thing. He's kind of the MIB, I guess. He's like, instead of a little red flashy thing, he's like disintegrating everyone that knows anything about this to keep it well hidden, <laughs> which is crazy. And the uh, the hidden character, this this ominous hooded figure that's sort of helping Michael, sprays like fear toxin to this S FBI team that's trying to put Michael down. And some of the things they see are insanely beautifully drawn. These monstrosity, alien, abomination, mutant, uh, figures that they see in this fear toxin so well drawn beautiful beautiful drawing from Andre Bresson you can look at this over and over again folks it's gorgeous you gotta jump on birthright and you gotta jump on claws but you can I get the feeling too of birthright like it's kind of wrapping up and I like the pace of it it's just really well paced I mean this is number 15 birthright number 15 and it, it it's never boring it's consistently exciting it's well drawn it's just the full package so there you go there's the two number ones <laughs> and that's that's gonna do it for our show and that uh, that that was a great five picks by the way I couldn't buy all of those immediately go to your local comic book shop tell them Chris at Sunspots Comics sent you they'll look at you funny that's fine just deal with it <laughs> but buy these immediately on paper and go to sunspotscomics.com to see my poll list. But those are my top favorites. Those are my, my top picks for March 23rd, New Comic Book Day. So there you go. Go out and see Superman vs. Batman. Please, you won't be disappointed. Don't listen to the critics. Try not to look at the internet. Try not to spoil everything in the trailers. And, <laughs> and check out Daredevil on Netflix. Oh my goodness, it's so good. I want to finish that whole thing and give it a review. Me and Justin will probably do something when that's done. So thanks for listening to issue number 47 of the Sunspots Comics podcast. Don't forget, of course, to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook.com slash Sunspots Comics. And of course, we'll see you next week. It's another small week next week. I think there's only going to be eight. So thank you so much. I hope you tune in. Please tell a friend and don't forget to be good to each other. Have a good time and follow your dreams. <laughs> I don't know where that came from, but hey, there you go. Enjoy it. Just a positive. Maybe it's it was Nicole's positive letter that still has that that vibe going in me. But anyway, there you go. So thank you so much for listening, and I'll talk to you next week. See ya. Bye bye. On your marks. Get set. Go. There's a new superhero in town, The Flash. I need your help. National City needs The Flash. Oh. 
Sorry. Think you can keep up? Oh, just you watch. What's the plan? Catch a bad girl. 85% chance of punching. I got here first. I let you get here first. The Flash comes to Supergirl tonight on CBS.